recording So much in one day I'm not even sure if I am doing this in the same year But it may be the second podcast which has bread in the title kids how are you doing today so i'm gonna tell you a little bit of a story today we're gonna go on a little bit of a journey together as we discuss a few things so this 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 podcast episode was kind of inevitable if you watched the uh streaming which i did it became a point of conversation a couple of times Uh, i'm talking to friends uh, who asked me about my life and the things i've been doing it's come up in conversation a couple of times and i thought it would be I've, i've wanted to avoid discussing this right because I, it's going to sound like an oxymoron, I don't like to be preachy, he says, with, if I've got 180 episodes or so, what, 60 of them at least, that's the wrong number, 90 of them at least, are just me talking. In fact, the majority of them is probably just me talking. But I don't like to be preachy. I don't like to tell people how to live their lives. Something I think I've said as well in a previous podcast fairly recently. But So I've avoided talking about it, I've avoided discussing this topic because you know that reason i don't i don't like to be preachy about it but at the same time i realize there's value in people understanding why people make certain decisions and i like the idea of just putting out more information to the world and my thought process in doing things and allowing people to make their own decisions based on it so I'm going to put a little disclaimer at the very beginning of this and just say, you know, I realize that what I'm about to discuss is not for everybody and is not something which everybody can participate in. And we're going to get into a few reasons why uh, as we go along. But, you know, first off, we need to talk about Bradcast. We do. It's a real, it's a real thing. So if you haven't guessed from the title, we're going to talk about food today. And this is probably the most YouTube intro I've ever done. Well, I'm laying out exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about food. And some of the decisions I've made with food in the past two years of my life uh, as I went along. As I've mentioned in a previous video where we were talking about how much my bread weighs, I obviously went and did a diet. And I, you know, I lost, I think I lost about four stone altogether. And that was a big thing for me. It was a big, big issue because it was around a lot of things to do with my own body weight and how I see myself and things which have been long established since I was a youth, uh, which have, you know, relation to things like being bullied and how I feel about food and how I feel about other people and them discussing my life and my food. But obviously I have lost weight and that was a whole whole process. You should watch that video if you're interested or you're a person who has, you know, um, thoughts on weight and your own weight. It might help you, it might not. Again, I don't want to preach, but it was just my own personal experience with it. But I love food. I think that's, that's I feel like that's a thing we should put at the start thing. I absolutely love food. All food. Food across anything. There's very few foods I dislike, apart from coconut, um, blueberries. Uh, I don't like kale either. Um, though I feel like I could like kale, I just haven't found it in the right format. I keep trying guacamole and avocado, but I've yet to find a, a good one which tastes good to me. Um, but that's a whole whole thing. I, I can have it in a burrito, guacamole. I can have it in like a like a wrap or something with other things. But on its own, just terrible. I don't, I don't understand it. 
But broadcast, what was I say? So I'm not talking about like building a Volvo out of out of like a ciabatta or something like that. But <laughs> I bought a bread maker. Right. This was the first, probably the first step towards all of this is that I bought a bread maker. Um, was it the first step? It must have been about the first step. Yeah, I bought a bread maker and it was just pre-pandemic, and it was a a mindset in my mind which I've had before and I, I've wanted to do before. So a couple of times before, I've done what I call food experiments, and usually food experiments are things where I like to change something within my diet for a month or so, and I say to myself, "Cool, I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to eat this, or I'm going to eat this more often within the space of a month in an attempt to alter just my everyday." buying habits to diversify what I'm eating, to try other things as well. It encourages you to try everything. And one of those things which I wanted to do was, and I, I discussed this years ago, I liked the idea of everything I ate being something I made, right? And I mean everything. So if I were to, you know, have a bowl of soup, I would have made that soup from scratch. I would have bought the vegetables, I would have seasoned it and made soup. I mean, I do know how to make soup. Soup's probably the easiest thing in the world to make. If you want a quick recipe for soup, just saute an onion, add a bunch of vegetable pan, put a bunch of water in it, add a few bits of seasoning, salt and pepper, and boil it for an hour. You'll have soup by the end of it. That's the basics of making soup. Um, but it came down to the same as well, like bread. I wanted to make all the bread which I wanted. Um, you know, porridge. I was going to learn how to make porridge. Essentially, that was like a knowledge journey I wanted to take. The problem with doing that one was, though, that at the time I was living with another person and they didn't want to do it, which would have meant we'd been on two entirely different diets. And at the time, we didn't have that much money, which meant um, we could only really afford to do one thing in life which would have been either make everything from scratch huge amount of effort or just keep buying things and and, and change things up as we went along but now that i'm you know a lauren to myself i was like well i can buy a bread maker now i can have fresh bread and it's because i was buying a bunch of bread and realizing that so i i, I realized i just used bread as an excuse to get butter into my mouth i feel like that's the fairest way to put it and there's no other way really around that. And I realized I was doing that with an absolute pile of things. Crackers. Was I eating crackers because I enjoyed crackers? No. I was eating crackers as a way to get other things into my mouth. And thus, the idea of bread cars was born. Bread cars being, when you buy a product at a low cost or low value, and you know that that product is crap in its own sense but you buy it because it can act as a vehicle, so it's socially acceptable for you to eat something else. And that's something I want you to think about right away. Do you buy bread because you enjoy bread? Or do you buy bread because you want to put meat and butter and salad and other things in your mouth? Could you just get rid of the bread and eat that socially in a situation or would people question it? And I want to, I want to change that dynamic. So taking control of the bread production side of my life, I did that by buying a bread maker. And I, I haven't looked back, to be honest. I don't really buy bread anymore. Um, the only time I really buy bread is uh, I'll be wandering through Sainsbury's, and if there's like a you know, like a reduced aisle, like the getting rid of the fresh bread of the day, I'll buy some bread. Because I'm not, you know, not going to turn down a, a crusty loaf for 30 pence. That's good loaf. Usually it's like £2 for a big loaf like that. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick that up. Uh, all things which I don't know how to make, like wraps. I'll buy wraps still. Um, crumpets, because crumpets are, crumpets are ridiculously like hard to make for what they are, and store-bought crumpets are good. But I, I stopped buying stuff like, you know, Hovis, or Warburton's, or whatever the other brands of bread are, which is like pre-sliced whatever bread, just because it just didn't 
engage me anymore. And again, I was just using it as an excuse to put other stuff in my mouth. So for a while, I just stopped buying bread and started eating butter, which is terrible. It's like, a t- you realise how bad it is. And then you're like, why is it socially unacceptable for me to eat 15 grams of butter? But if I spread that 15 grams of butter onto a loaf, suddenly it's acceptable. Right? Hypocrites. That's what's going wrong in the world. <laughs> You would question someone eating just pure butter, but you wouldn't question them putting it on a piece of bread and then eating that. That's the that's the madness of the world. So I brought, you know, what I'm saying is I was taking a lot of time to think about what I was eating. And the bread maker was the first process of that. It was the first step into that realm of considering what I was eating. Now to my story, the actual kind of core concept of this and the core concept of this podcast today. Um, so... As many of you know, for about six years or so, I worked on night shift. I, you know, I, I, that's been the majority of my working life in the last ten years. And when you work night shift, you are very much in a pattern of you have to understand what you're eating. You have to understand where your food is coming from because your food options in the evening are extremely limited. Like a work day would take you over midnight sometimes so you're midnight what are you going to eat how are you going to get food if you haven't planned ahead in some capacity and i was in one of those situations i was coming home from work it's about 3 a.m i didn't have any food in the house and i decided you know i'll swing by asda asda at times 24 hours go by asda get myself some snacks at least then i got food and then i bought some food for the next day and i was sitting in my car about 3 a.m in asda parking lot eating a packet of Madison's refrigerators. Now, if you don't know, Madison's refrigerators are a generic snack meat product which you can buy in the UK. Madison's being a, a, a meat brand, um, same as kind of like Bernard Matthews or whatever jerky brand you have, essentially that. But they're just like little chunks of like chicken and pork and stuff. And it's processed, reformatted into shapes, and then put into a bag. And then you, you, you buy them for like a quid a packet, which is why people buy them as snacks. You, they're kind of like a lunchbox snack of meat. Um, and they advertise themselves as protein and whatnot. <laughs> so I was sat in my car park, eating this pack of refrigerators, not really enjoying life. And I just kind of looked at myself and I went, right. So... I have no problem with processed food at all. In fact, I, I love processed food. I say I love all food. But I was eating this certain food, and I was like, right, well, for me to get this snack, right, which, in all honesty, I was eating because I was bored, because that's what I do. I'm eating this snack, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm not really enjoying this snack. Yeah. What am I actually enjoying about this snack? Well, what I'm enjoying about it is that it's salty and I enjoy salty foods. Uh, It's kind of greasy, and I enjoy greasy foods. And that's really it. You know, I'm not getting any of the chicken flavor or pork or whatever it was. I think it was chicken. I'm not getting that from this food, which essentially meant that a chicken had died in order for me to have a snack to eat whilst I was bored. Not for nutrition, not for my health, not for anything else. Not even for my mental health, because I didn't feel particularly good about eating it anyway, because I was sitting in a car park at 3 a.m. alone, kind of considering my whole life. Now, so we sat there, and I was just eating, and I was thinking, like, a, a chicken literally died. A chicken was having its life, doing things, and it literally died. Like, we killed it so I could have this convenient snack to appease a craving for salt and a craving for fat. And that was it right? That was the moment. That was the trigger in my head 
which said to me, I need to really look at everything I'm eating. I need to look at the things which I'm putting into my body, not from a health aspect, but from more of a, I don't want to use the word ethical aspect, but from a kind of like a moral view of myself and how I treat the world, I guess, is my point. Because this is the other part of it. So when I when I made this decision, I decided that at the time, okay, it must have been near Christmas, um, and I decided to myself, well, all right, well, what's the first step I can take to cut products like this out of my brain and cut things like this? And I was like, well, I can stop eating meat. So I did. I've done this before. I've done this for a month or so at a time um, where I've gone vegetarian. And again, it would always be an experiment. It would always be something which was just intended to expand my palate and expand the options I had to me. Um, because, you know, some veg you just don't know how to pick up. Like I was saying to a friend the other day that pak choy, I have no idea how to cook pak choy. I see it in the supermarket all the time. I have no idea what to do with it, so I never buy it. But at some point, I'm going to buy it and figure out what to do with it. Now, doing that vegetarian month every so often allowed me to do that. It would do that. So I decided to myself, well, I'll do it. I'll, you know, for a month, start of the year, uh, 2020, I will stop eating meat and I'll do do a month of it and it'll be like a little New Year's thing. And that's fair enough. That, that's a little experiment. But since then, I've kept it going to the point where next Christmas, uh, the end of this year, it'll have been uh, two years since I ate meat. And it's a strange... It's a strange dynamic in my head, and I think it surprised a few people, um, because, <laughs> as I say, I love food. I do. I love meat. I love eating meat. I love, you know, the textures and flavors and all the things which you get from it. Um, so to give that up as a big part of my life and decide to make a more like a, a decision in my brain, which said, you know, we're gonna, we're not going to eat meat, is a big thing for me. You know, one of my parents' vivid memories of me is that. Uh, as a kid, so kid, Christmas dinner, you know, turkey, table and whatnot. There's me as a chubby little kid and me with a big turkey leg. I, I always had a turkey leg and I always had the big turkey leg, like King Arthur. And that was something which I really aspired to. And yeah, that was that was me. That was my idea. And I even had a friend recently say, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that you're a vegetarian. You know, I wouldn't think you look like a meat eater. And I do. You know, I, I, I've not, this is the other, other half of it. This is why I avoid the use of, word, use of ethical as a way of thinking about it. Because I don't think it's wrong to eat animals. I don't. I don't think it's wrong to eat animals. I don't think it's wrong to eat eggs and milk and all those things from an ethical standpoint. I think as a species, we do that. What my major underline and reason why I've kept going this for so long and the reason which I've kind of folded into it and managed to keep going so long is that I made a decision that the food that I eat should be more reflective of the ideas that I have about the world and how I like to treat the world. So when I think of people and when I think of the world around me, I think of it from a point of view of if I interact with a person, I should either be improving the situation or not affecting the situation in a negative way. Essentially trying to have as less impact on everything that I can around me. So when it came to animals, it became kind of like a... I felt hypocritical that I was eating them. Because... Not that I was eating them, but because I have no idea how they're trapped. And that's the core. That's the, that's the really the core of it with me. Is that if I don't know... You know, like that chicken. Like the chicken which went into those refrigerators, Right? I have no idea what it's life like. 
I have no idea where what farm it came from, how it was tre- how it was kept, what it was fed. None of that is available to me as information. Only what is advertised through branding, which is basically just slap a green field on it and say, "Hey, look, we have happy chickens." Um, and none of that was really available to me. And so I'm not comfortable with participating in a situation where I don't know that and where I don't have that information to hand to me. So I made this turn in my brain and went, well, you know, if we were to do this and I was looking at people and saying, well, I really have no idea how you treat your workers, then why would I participate? Why would I involve myself in that situation? So I removed myself from my situation. And that's as simple as this. That's as simple as why I went vegetarian and why I'm continuing to be vegetarian. I even said to myself in the first year, I was like, if I can find, you know, a butcher who can give me the uh, farm-to-table experience, to use a, like a, a cliche term, where I can understand about their farming practices, how they're raising their animals, and get access to that and, you know, be able to track that down to a core and then expand that out into getting a piece of meat then then i would still eat meat but i've been unable to do that to an extent and i do want to put a little asterisk there because i know the people who will be like well these things do exist great blah, 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 blah. it's like right so here this brings me on to my final point of this so another part of doing that i haven't gone for vegan as i say because i don't think it's wrong to kind of um eat these products i think it's, it's a fairly consistent natural way to think thing to do it's just this this part of my brain which is like well no you shouldn't because you like if you're going to eat something i think we should have the respect for the animal to eat it and give it a life which was deserving of it right essentially we should treat these animals like gods until we eat them (laughs) it's like we're sacrificing these people and these animals we should treat them better up until the point we sacrifice them because of our nourishment. And we should treat it like that. They shouldn't be disposable products is essentially what I'm getting at. They shouldn't be things which we just throw away, cook, chuck out, or go, oh, yeah, well, we can just throw it in because of this. You know, we shouldn't be mass producing this. It should be more of an ornate thing. Um, but the other barrier of that as well is stuff like milk and eggs and, and all this kind of thing. And again, it's incredibly hard to find this information. I had to do a lot of research to find um, brands for dairy products, which I decided that I could trust and that I was comfortable with what they were saying. Um, I've, for just for reference, Yo Valley is who I like. I don't tend to buy any other milk. I tend to buy their brand of milk because there there isn't any laws in the UK which say what free range has to be. It's not established as like a, a thing, and free range can mean that they're only outside a certain amount of times of the year. Of the times that they are outside is is not well documented, whereas Yo Valley basically just say right well our cows are out for like 90 percent of the year like they're they're out there and they're in free range fields and we can track that and you can track that and the same with eggs a lot of uh, egg brands now have started to do things where they're like yes we have free range eggs and here's all the details right and that's that's what i want this is all i really want i want more accountability in the food industry for the things which are being produced so i feel again kind of going to my boycotting behind the scenes podcast which we were talking about is if i just make a change in my life and again kind of why i want to discuss this was i'm not here to convince anyone to be vegetarian i'm not i'm not even here to convince you to buy better or anything like that all i'm saying is this is the logical path which has led me to where i am and this is where i've established myself and said hey well okay well that's why i'm vegetarian this is why i stopped eating meat um as i say i love food and i love all kinds of food like really love all kinds of food and yes at times it is hard to not be you know able 
to just go out and and eat wherever. But it's not a huge hardness, you know. I can I've still got access to lots of food. I'm in the first world. I'm extremely privileged to have access to a lot of food. All I've done is basically just put a lock on myself and say, all right, well maybe next time I go out, I can't just go eat and whatever, <laughs> like order anything, because I'm putting thought into it. And I think that's something we should we should all do. If if that's if there's anything I want to encourage you to do, and I say this isn't to encourage you to be a vegetarian or vegan or anything like that. All that I'm trying to encourage people to do is just to put thought into the things which you are eating, right? And the more thought you put into the things which you are eating, the better off you'll be, the better off you'll feel, not because of the health benefits of eating one thing or another, but because you'll know where things are coming from and you'll have a little bit in your brain where you're like, oh, well, yeah, okay, well, I feel better about it. Like with bread. You don't really know what goes into your bread until you start making your own bread. And you're like, oh, well, okay, well, I appreciate more why this is, you know, a little bit more expensive or whatever. But that brings me to my final point and the point which I think solidified itself again yesterday. And this has nothing to do with food. Is that we as a society, as a culture, as a world or whatever, have this thing where if we are putting in the extra steps, like with products which are more, you know, well balanced in terms of the information which is available for them or products which help the environment or improve society in some way. For some reason, for some reason, companies decide that that comes with a higher price point. Just by having accountability leads them to a higher price point, right? And that's madness. So recently I bought deodorant, um, which is like a roll-on deodorant. It's like a stick deodorant, and it's from an eco shop. And it cost me like £5 for the stick of deodorant. And that's insane, right? It's a stick of deodorant. Compared to every other one, which isn't eco, isn't this, this, that, and the other, it's a basically the same product. Which means manufacturing cost-wise is probably about the same. Which means the markup has been added because the eco has been added to the product, right? And that's what needs to stop. And it's the same with meat. It's the same with dairy. It's the same with veg. Anything like that. Companies use it as an excuse to mark up food. Now, meat, I have found a couple of butchers and I have found a couple of places which have been like, yeah, you know, we we have ta- farm to table. You can order very specifically. You can basically get it down to like the name of the animal, as it were. We can show you where they've been. You can track them. And we... we butcher ethically and they live a long happy life and all these kinds of things and i'm like well, that's fantastic and then you look at the price point and you're like okay i can agree to pay that price point on meat because i'm getting a much higher value product of meat whereas with dairy and things like that what you actually need is laws to make high quality the standard because as soon as you make high quality the standard then everything else balances in line yo valley is like a quid more per bottle of milk and i will agree to pay that because I'm getting peace of mind, essentially. I'm paying for peace of mind, but I can afford to. And that's the crux. I can afford to, and not everyone can, which is, again, why I understand a lot of people won't be able to do this. Like, another thing is I use a lot of uh, fake meat products because I really enjoy the texture and taste of meat. And that's I couldn't have done this in the 90s. I couldn't have gone out of my way and been in the 90s and gone vegetarian because the products just weren't out there. And I've had to learn a lot about doing those things. So the more we ask for these things as consumers and the more we want these things as consumers and the more accountability we put on companies to do these things, the cheaper those products get, the more things improve. And you don't even have to use them. You just have to ask for it. 
Wouldn't it be nice to know where things come from and the products involved and the people involved? I think it would. But that's how we get from Bradcars to the destination. I'm trying to think of a good pun to do with meat and I feel like I'm going to have to put it in the title. But whether it makes your mind up or changes your view, that's not my intention. I've just been asked about it a few times about why I made that decision and I feel like there's a long explanation to it because it's not as simple as I disagree with eating meat um, so that's why I just wanted to take the time to discuss it today hopefully it helped you understand a little bit and if you run companies and you run food manufacturing then it's just something to think about yeah. I'd eat meat if I knew the animals were being trout well but I don't know. And I don't think anything should die for me to just have a snack because I'm bored. That's the basics. The TLDR of this podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>